0: Welcome to the Catalyst Church Podcast. We're here up in Humboldt County, California. We're glad you're with us. We hope that you're blessed and that you find peace and grace in the Word of God today.
1: Well, good morning again. Good
0: morning, everyone. It's good to see you. I know I haven't been on here yet, but it's uh, good to be with you. Uh, this morning, we're going to be looking at uh, John... Uh, chapter one, verses six through eight, mm-hmm. and uh, but before we get there, uh, Bethany's going to give a little bit of a just a little bit of background information on um, John as a prophet, actually, and yeah. uh, why and how he did what he did. So yeah. you want to? I actually break... want
1: to. I want to read the passage first, okay. and then I yeah. want to talk a little bit about who John was, because this we're in the book of John, and today we're going to be introduced <clears throat> to a person named John who is not the author. So today's John is John the Baptist. Uh, John the Apostle is his name, or John the Witness is also what he's called. Um, or sorry, John the Witness is what John the Baptist is called, but John the Apostle is one that wrote this book of the Bible, this gospel. So it's, it's you know, you just don't wanna get the Johns mixed up, I guess. Uh, so it starts out um, in chapter one, verse one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not understood it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Mm. So that's the passage that we're in today. Last week, we looked at the first five verses. uh, And so if you weren't able to listen to that, then I encourage you to listen. It's on um, a previous YouTube video, Mm -hmm. so please listen in. Um, so I want to give a little bit of a background of who John was, like what this, what this would have meant for the reader, uh, for, for John the Apostle, the writer of this gospel, for him to use language like this, because he uses language that, that would force the Jewish reader specifically, and for us today as well, to go back into the Hebrew Bible, into the Old Testament, and find meaning there, based on what he has started his gospel with. John is really, uh, he's very intentional with the way he writes, he writes about Jesus being the light of the world. Hmm. And that sort of language is throughout his entire gospel. He talks about Jesus um, showing a different way, uh, Jesus being like the, um, showing who, who God is essentially. Um, and, you know, light helps us see hmm. the things that are around us, it helps yeah. us be able to see things that were previously hidden or um, un- non understandable. But he wants, I think, I think John wants the reader to see the Old Testament in a different way through the lens of Jesus Christ. So he uses the, the language in the beginning, which would have made the listener think right away to uh, Genesis. Hmm. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and it would bring that person back to Genesis. And then he uses this next language in verse six. It says, there was a man who was sent from God, whose name was John. And that phrase sent from God would have also caused the reader to think back. To think into the past, um, into the historical writings of the Old Testament, Old Testament in, prophets, yeah, the Old Testament prophets. That's right. So uh, the prophets were like the truth tellers from long ago. They were like the mouthpieces of God.
0: You mean they weren't fortune tellers? No, <laughs> Not fortune tellers.
1: But they would they would be the ones that would tell. You know, if if um, if Israel wasn't walking with the Lord. Uh, if their gods were now money or greed, what their gods were now power or influence, um, they would want to, you know, Israel had strayed away from worshiping God and then started to to worship uh, these other sorts of entities. They were ignoring the oppressed and the marginalized people among them. They were not taking care (coughs) of the orphans and the widows and the immigrants in their midst. Um, and, and, And the prophets would then call the people back to God. They would say, listen, Israel, I see you doing this. God sees you doing this and God wants you to come back to come to, to repent essentially.
0: <coughs> you you've literally walked away from right from God. You've broken covenant. Mm-hmm. And over and over again they're reminding or their job is to remind or they feel compelled to remind Israel. Yeah, yeah. Like, and where their um lo- loyalty?
1: Their loyalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because repentance is like a it's a term that means to turn and then return Mm -hmm. so you were with God you walked away from God so you turn away from that way and you come back to Mm -hmm. who you are you actually are come back to your real identity as a people and as an individual so prophets would call out for people to repent but then also prophets like if if Israel was taken captive Mm -hmm. by other powers, superpowers, nations, then the prophets would then write um, these other uh, content to the Israelites that weren't so much of like repent, but it was actually truth telling of Israel's original identity, of who they were, of how much God loved them, of how much God wanted to see justice for them, um, and and that God is hearing their cries mm-hmm. of mercy. So uh, in five 87 BCE, the Jewish uh, temple was destroyed in in Jerusalem, and Jerusalem was sacked, and all the Israelites were kind of um, pulled in and out. They were taken into exile by the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar, and that's where they stayed for a long time. And a lot of the prophets that we read about in the Old Testament spoke towards their exile. Mm-hmm. So you've got Jeremiah and Ezekiel yep. um, and Daniel, and then and then you know they're saying God is hearing your cries, like God. Uh, wants something different for you. And and then about um, maybe 20 years, 50 years later, a Persian king named King Cyrus came in and he defeated Babylon. And in that process, he actually allowed some of the Israelites to go back to their home and to rebuild their temple or to actually make things right in their area again. And during that time, there was a last prophet to ever speak over Israel. And that last prophet was Malachi. And if you look in the Old Testament, the very last book of the Old Testament is Malachi. And in Malachi, Malachi writes of God saying that God, it says in Malachi three one, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Mm. So that's the last prophetic word that we get until we get to John the Baptist, who we're reading about today. Yep. And it's been 400 years since that last prophet had spoken over Israel until that moment, 400 years had passed, which 400 years is a really long time to wait, to anticipate, to long. It's a lot of
0: generations of people. It's a
1: lot of generations of people. You're like yeah. kind of yearning for something new. You're hungry for change.
0: But imagine how much you, you would go back to the, 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 the stuff, the old stuff. Like, oh, you mean like, like the, the prophets? Like you would <laughs> go back to the prophets. Like even though you're waiting, you probably would refer back to them a lot. Oh, you'd read like, them all oh, the man. time. Yeah. And, you know, and that's what I think I love about the prophets is they're, they're, they're these folks that, that say like, don't lose sight. Mm. Don't lose sight of who you are mm-hmm. in God. Don't lose sight of God. You may have walked away, but don't lose sight. Things look very chaotic right now, but don't lose sight. Because there's a different path forward God is with you, and that is always what they went back to.
1: Yeah, oh, that's really good. I love that. And so, it, you know, when we we're when we were trying to figure out like what we were gonna teach on for Advent, since Advent actually starts next week, but we wanted to start it a little early.
0: I wanted to do a, ba- a British baking show for our <laughs> sermons, but <laughs> No.
1: the the, the idea of, of, of advent is is waiting it's yearning for something it's it's um into the silence and knowing that something good will come because something's been foretold that something good will come you are you are trusting that the prophets what the prophets have said will take place and yet there's this like discomfort and unsettled feeling in the waiting and i know that for myself. And for a lot of us right now, we are waiting for a vaccine. We are waiting for things to be different. We are waiting, we are uncomfortable of how things are right now because things just feel unsettled. We're not with our family during Thanksgiving or during Christmas in the ways that we've been before. And and there's a sense of knowing that something will come eventually, but the waiting is hard. And so how do we keep our focus on the right things in the midst of the waiting?
0: Mm. I think it's don't lose sight.
1: Don't lose sight. Yeah, that's such a good word. And light brings us the ability to see. All right. Yeah. So, so we should
0: we should probably we want to go into the text a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, it says in
1: verse six, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. Mm. So that whole like light that shines in the darkness, that, that light that helps us not lose sight, um, that, that, that light is, is the hope of Christ.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So let's talk a little bit about John as the messenger. Sure. You want to, you want to go there?
1: Well, I think it's interesting because, you know, we were talking about this earlier about John being a witness Mm -hmm. and how much like. I don't know about all of you but for Jay and I and for you more than me almost in a way there's like this this sort of baggage that comes with Mm -hmm. um with our Christian understanding of what a witness is um I, I grew up in a type of church life where in high school I went to like an evangelism conference where I learned how to share the love of Jesus or share the 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 way to heaven the way of 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 inviting Jesus into your heart or whatever that was like the Romans road I learned how to share that uh within five minutes if I only had five minutes with somebody at a bus stop then I need to be able to share that good news of Jesus Mm -hmm. to them even if I'd never see them again so there's kind of some um guilt that I live in that if I'm not like speaking out what I believe about Jesus to be true um and I think you know I think that's true for a lot of people
0: yeah like one one of the things we talked about was the phrase that kept coming up to me back to me when I read this passage was the pressure of bearing witness Mm. like in other words is there is there kind of this in in the Christian community is there this pressure that exists that we serve there's a certain way to bear witness and you just kind of spoke to that about like, you know i'm supposed to say this this and this when i bear witness and somehow that qualifies as like being the right way to bear witness but but i think john is getting at something so much deeper here um and i have to say john the apostle yeah yeah um but speaking about john the baptist the baptist yes and you know john john was a disciple who who walked with jesus in in the in the physical but also afterwards walked before he wrote this gospel Mm -hmm. and and he had he was trying to come up with a way i think to to explain what it is that he experienced Mm. um with jesus both in the physical but also afterwards i mean he's clearly experienced something that was profound and and he, the way he could explain it was he came up with these phrases like, the light.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: it almost feels silly, right? I mean, you, yeah. you talked about Sunday school, how important, um, like when we're in Sunday, when you do Sunday school or you do children's church. Oh, for church.
1: like, yeah, for, for trying to explain who Jesus is to, to children. Sure. Like utilizing very simple language that they can understand. metaphors in a lot of ways but really what we do is we is we we want our we want our kids because we're all disciples we're all making disciples Mm -hmm. and our children are the very first disciples the most important disciples that we are making and and sometimes we can get like caught up in the theological um you know outside of the, the actual physicality that it means to be in a relationship with jesus and And so with kids, it's so important just to talk about the basics. Like you get to invite Jesus into your life and Hmm. what you're inviting into your life then is this ultimate amount of love, like an, an expansive amount of love into your life. And when you have that, then you get to be in a relationship with Jesus. He becomes a friend you are never alone like we use this sort of very simplistic language that is so important that we get we forget about sometimes when we're trying to like make it about heaven and hell or some sort of um escapism from this world and and i think
0: uh, yeah you know and, and i wonder like <clears throat> part of part of what i think john's doing is he uses those words because they are they are, he's trying to explain something that's unexplainable. That's right. That's right. You know, something that was so compelling to him Yeah. that the the way he could describe it was light. And you almost have to say like, really light? That's the best you could come up with. But no, that is like, because, because how there is no exact language for how we describe that love of God, that Mm -hmm. love of Christ. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's these acts that Jesus did and there's like, Jesus on the cross and there's the resurrection and and those, even those, when we're trying to, people are trying to explain those, they're trying to give language to this experience they had. And and I think really what we're trying to do when we talk about bearing witness, I asked you, I said, Mm -hmm. honey, what would you say? How would you explain that word if you couldn't use either of those words? What did you use? Yeah,
1: bearing witness. I mean, what does that mean if if I'm not able to use words? Because oftentimes we get caught up in the words that we're supposed to say. Or not use those words. yeah. So when, but bearing witness, when I think of that, I think of it as like this, like this great uncovering, or um, I use, I I mean like raw or vulnerable. Uh, Bearing witness to me is like truth telling. It's like exposed. It's like everything that is inside of me now lives on the outside. There's no, there's no secrets. There's nothing hidden. There's nothing shrouded. It's like everything's out in the open. And when I, if I bear witness in that way, if there's like this great exposure or great uncovering that happens, then it's almost like, um, like I think of being on a witness stand. If I'm on a witness, because that's really where this language comes from. It's a very court, um, court kind of language, lawyers, all of that, you know, I think of like it doesn't matter. Anyway, so if I'm on this witness stand and and I'm supposed to bear witness, I'm supposed to share this testimony, something I've experienced, I've seen, I've felt, i witnessed, like I saw something happen or I felt, or I, you know, some sort of experience, then, then I, and I'm promising to tell the truth then I have to tell the truth regardless of what the consequences are later on.
0: But you have to tell the truth the way that you experienced it.
1: Correct. Like, yes.
0: If I'm the lawyer and I say, hey, I really need you to make sure you say these key words. Yeah. And you some, and then you're like, you're wrestling with the ethical dilemma. Do I say those words and be inauthentic to my witness? Yeah. Or do I say what I actually saw and experienced?
1: And oftentimes in church life, there is this expectation that we're supposed to say things in a specific way. Like that there's some, there's certain language we're supposed to use, certain churchy language when it comes to bearing witness or sharing our testimony or leading somebody to Jesus or whatever it is that, you know, you've got to say redeemed. You've got to say he's your savior. You've got to say these, you know, big words, but that might not be how you experience Jesus. And you have to be authentic to who Jesus is for you. I mean, God is God. And there are certain uh, you know, there's polity, there's tradition, there's doctrine, there's theology that is so important. But if we go back, if we're always like focused on 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 the on the box that holds all of that, then we are no longer authentic to who we are, who God has made us to be. And I think that God is constantly trying to break out of those boxes. And you see this throughout scripture. Like, you know, I'm even thinking about person that we're talking about right well first of all we could talk about jesus since we're in advent or we're going into advent jesus did not arrive in the way that people expected jesus to arrive he didn't arrive as a king should arrive we get so caught up on the shoulds right yep
0: i should i should say this i should act this way um and and god shows up very different than the than the shoulds. God shows totally. up in the way God does shows up. And that's yeah. that's it right there. Like and I think that's the the power in our own uh sharing of rawness. Like <laughs> yeah, that um, exposure. The exposure is yeah. like that's what makes it so uh palpable. Like so you gave you gave the example you're like, hey honey, so the other night on Bible study you shared a little bit about like your anxiety and some some things you were experiencing. Um, or maybe it was about my dad. I don't know. It was about something like pretty, pretty, you know, deep within me. And I was sharing this and I it was kind of as being vulnerable, and, and I normally am, it's not a terribly hard thing for me to do. Um, but the reason why it's so important to share those things is because it is the way that I experience God through those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so if I just said, well, the way I want the way i the way I experienced Jesus was through X, Y, and Z, and you heard that X, Y, and Z over and over again from other people. It wouldn't be really authentic to who I am. And so instead, mm-hmm. I'm sharing like, no, actually, I had this whole thing with my father and I had, we had this forgiveness. And I'm, I'm literally telling you that the way that Jesus has moved in my life. And that yep. is what I think John is getting at when he's saying bear witness. It's like, do it in a way that like, it just sort of is so true to who you are and the way that God actually moved in your life. Not the way that God you think God should move in your life, but the way that God yeah. did move in your life.
1: Yeah, yeah, that consistency <clears throat> of character. But, but you being able to share how it was for you brought all of us back into this understanding of who you are even deeper because of Christ through you. It's, it's not Jesus. It's Jesus through humans. Yes. God could have come and, and expressed the good news of God's kingdom in any way possible. God could have had mm-hmm. it by writing it in the clouds. Uh, the very rocks could cry out at every day at noon saying who God is. God could have done that. Writing on the wall, um, the, the birds singing specific things about God's glory every day. God could have used those, but instead God uses humans to continue the work, to, to share the, the good news, to experience, to, to share what they've experienced with others, and that is not always going to fit in the boxes that we decide Mm. to put in, the the, the religious boxes. And you look at that, like even this person that we're talking about, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. John had an entire history of how he was supposed to live Mm. and behave and act and be. How he should have. That's right. The expectations that other people placed on John with how he should live as a religious priest was clear. There was there was no wiggle room. And and God had set it up that way. God had set up the priestly system, the temple, all these different things. God had set it up. So what was John thinking to go outside of the box that God had created? I think God is constantly wanting us to step outside of the ways of the way like the the, the rhythms or the or the ruts that we get stuck in, like, oh, I can only seek God here. I can only worship God there. I can only do this here. And so you see John, and instead of being in the temple, instead of wearing the robes, instead of having the predictability of what his life should have been like through his birth and everything else, you see him out in the wilderness, eating locusts and honey, wearing camel fur instead of ornate robes, Shouting out about the God's kingdom will be coming and baptizing people in a dirty river and doing all these like mm-hmm. priestly acts in ways that would never fit any priestly box. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. like guerrilla theater out there. And that's
0: far more interesting.
1: <laughs> it's far more interesting. I think
0: that's what makes it the gospel. I yeah. think that's what's like, what such such good news about it. Is it's like it's so it's so raw. Yeah. Like you said, you know, I mean he's 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 literally just He's living out God's kingdom. I mean, Micah mm-hmm. 6 um the way that God led him. Like, it yeah. wasn't the way he should. If he had stepped into that, I don't think it would have made it into this, what we have in the New Testament. I, I know. I, I just don't. But well, instead I, he says, in the beginning there was the word? Who says that?
1: Yeah, like, yeah. Well, I think God is constantly looking for ways that we can break the molds. Because when we break the molds like that's all that god's kingdom is the molds of this world the expectations of gaining more power gaining more influence gaining more money that is a mold that god is wanting to break open and break apart and when we when we love our enemies when we pray for people that we don't want to pray for when when the first is last and the last is first when we when we care for somebody who is less fortunate than us, all of these things, when we put ourselves behind another person, when we make ourselves less to make God greater, all of these things are breaking the molds of the worldly expectations and even the religious expectations that have started to look a little bit worldly.
0: Mm. Yeah, do you think yeah. about I was just thinking about uh should probably wrap it up here in a minute, but you should I was thinking about some of the different examples in scripture of things that are just so counterintuitive. You know, I was thinking about the, the parable where the, um, all the, the workers get paid the same wage, whether they worked,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: at the end of the day, whether yeah, yeah. they worked whether they're, for like, like a, an hour or the, an entire hour the entire day. Yeah. I was thinking about like in the old Testament when God calls about the, um, you know, every, uh, Every seventh year, you would allow the land to lie fallow. Like mm-hmm. who does that? Like that's not that's kind of, that's like that's not the way our world works. Like, we yeah. try to like reap every little ounce we can get from this earth. I know. <clears throat> but here is this message, this message of good news through God that you're going to let it lie fallow.
1: Yeah.
0: And let it sit.
1: The witness that we are called to bear as as Christians, as Christ followers, is a witness that will look different for you than it will for me than it will for Jason in the way that we make words from it in the way that we share about God's love with other people. There's no formula to follow. There's no five steps to God's kingdom. It is an entire life. It is an entire way of being that is very much based on relationship with other people and relationship with Christ. And it says here in um, 1 Peter, uh, and this is a a verse that many of you are familiar with. Uh, Peter says, In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience there's this reality that the only way that people can know about Christ is if we make Christ known Mm. through the things that we say. But if our character is not consistent, then people will never ask us in the first place about why we have that hope Mm. or why we are living the way that we live. Mm. So the things that we say, we make Christ known, not just by how we live our lives. Mm. Absolutely, we do that every day. But if we never speak out the name of Jesus, then it just stays internal and the internal stays hidden. A witness is somebody who, who exposes themself, who who is out there in the open, regardless of the consequences. And I don't think that's a guilt trip. I don't think we're meant to go and and like shout it from the rooftops or anything like that when it comes to what those five steps are because it's not five steps. It's really about having a relationship with other people. And within those relationships, people will wonder, where do you have that hope? And then Peter goes on and he says, he says, the end is, the end of all things is near, which kind of feels like it, right? He says, therefore be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, this is, this is what witness looks like, you guys. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, how often do we think that witnessing is just a thing of speaking? If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. The word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen, is what Peter says. Yeah, we we shouldn't get caught up on what it means to be a witness because being a witness is something all-encompassing. And God has created you with a very unique and specific way of bearing witness. What does that look like in your life?
0: Be faithful to it
1: says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. And it ends. He it says, he himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> and so we'll leave you with this. Um, so the the bearing the bearing of witness, the the being raw, the. Mm-hmm the the sharing of good news, however you articulate or express that in your life, um, as it relates to the presence of Christ within you, um, it points. We want it to point towards Christ. We don't want it to point towards us. Absolutely. And I think that's what Advent does, and that's why it's so radical. That Advent is what it is because it, it it's God showing up in the world in the most unexpected way that just mm-hmm. points to God. Yeah. And it's an unexplainable thing that we can't quite figure it out but it keeps us so curious and engaged doesn't it yeah church it was good to be with you today Uh, we hope you were blessed and honored and honored we hope you were blessed (laughs) by this uh by our conversation today and uh, again if you have any feedback um, questions concern please don't hesitate to email or text us we uh, will put those up on on the screen afterwards and um peace and grace peace and grace